We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Caster. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. And welcome in, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Happy Bowl Day, KU fans. Happy Open to the Shocker Conference Season Shocker fans. And for K-State fans, getting ready to hit the Sugar Bowl. Making their way down to New Orleans. Wild day in the sports world. Wild night for Luka Doncic. We'll get into all of these topics. We've got the boys of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney, joining us a little later on in this hour. We're trying to carve a little time in with Haney on a game day. Looking forward to all of it. Jacob Albrock here alongside Tommy Castor and Jad Chambers producing for us. Tommy, how are you this morning? It's a good day, man. KU in a bowl game, first time in 15 years. Uh, taking on the Arkansas Razorbacks in Memphis. And, man, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I didn't think it was going to happen this soon in the Lance Leipold era. But, man, I'm so grateful and so glad that they're there. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool that this is happening. I'm so happy for KU fans right now. It's just relevance is, is everything, and they are very relevant right now, and they have a chance to really put an exclamation point on their season with what would be, Tommy, I think you can make a case that this would be the best win of the year for KU if they can get it against Arkansas. And – you know, that's that's an, a unique opportunity. Really, both of KU and K-State have that opportunity. It's hard to imagine K-State having any game bigger than winning a Big 12 championship, and maybe it's not, but playing Bama in the best bowl game not in the FCS is pretty dang close. So it'll be yep. an exciting week for our football teams. It starts today with KU. You'll hear that game right here on KFH at 4 o'clock. Um Really looking forward to it. I know the festivities have been good. Uh, we've heard that it's a large majority, at least in what you can see around Memphis, KU fans, which should come as no surprise. Arkansas plays in this game in this city quite a bit. Um, KU doesn't play anywhere in a bowl game for quite a bit, so the fans are showing up, and that doesn't surprise us, and I'm, and I'm glad they are because that, that just continues to build the momentum for the program. Yeah, it does, and you know the fact that they are – Playing in this game, I think it would be easy to show up 
and say, you know what? We made it to a bowl game. First time in 15 years. Uh, really, it, we're playing with house money at this point. But I don't think that's the mentality of Lance Leipold and this program. They want to win. They want to win this bowl game. They want to finish with a winning record um, and show that they do belong in the relevance of college football. And so I'm looking forward to it. I know we did our picks on Friday. Um, and I don't know if it really would have mattered the line necessarily. I'm picking KU I, just primarily because it's the first time in a long time they've been in this situation. So looking forward to this afternoon. It should be a fun game. I don't even remember who I picked. Uh, I did I pick KU? I think I picked. I think KU. you did. I, I don't. I think you did. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know because I'm I'm having a hard time with this game, quite frankly. Um, it, it's uh, it where, where is the line this morning? And we're going to talk on the lines in just a little bit after we talk to Haney and get through the X's and O's and all that. We will talk about it. Okay, so it's moved down actually. It's yeah, now two and a just half. two and two and a half. So we'll see. It's a it's it's a toss toss up game. More or less, I think both teams are motivated to play. We'll talk a lot about it as we make our way through the hour here with Brian Haney getting ready for that game. Tommy, did you see Luka Doncic last night? I mean, are you kidding me? Hmm. With that game last night, uh, one of the all-time great games, 60 points, 20 rebounds. Actually, 60 uh, – what did he have? 60 points – 21 rebounds and 10 assists a triple double uh including 60 20 i mean that's that's just ridiculous that is just ridiculous uh you know game score which i'm looking at cbssports.com it's some metric that identifies best single game performances um and basically in the last 150 years there are only four other games from players that top it. Um, Michael Jordan, his 69-point game, which included 18 rebounds, six assists, and four steals. Kobe's 81-point game. Carl uh, Malone had a game where he went for 61-18, and 18, but I don't know how that's better than 60-21-10, and 10, but according to this, it is. Um, David Thompson... Had 73 points. Not sure I even know who that is. And James Harden had a 60-point game. 10 rebounds, 11 assists, 4 steals. Again, I'm not sure how that would be better. Wilt Chamberlain had all the just you know insane games back in his day. But no matter how you slice it, this is up there. Uh, did you see, too, the shot at the end of regulation on the missed free throw? You know, that play that everybody tries that never works? It worked. And not only did it work, he's the one who shot the free throw and got the tip in from like 15 feet away. Yeah, it, it's remarkable. Uh, I watched the replay of it, and anybody that knows me and knows me well, uh, they know I don't like the NBA. I don't really follow the NBA all that much. I'll, I'll keep up on you know the top teams and, and that sort of thing. I really don't watch a lot of NBA until we get to the playoffs, and then I'll, I'll tune in and follow it a little bit closer. But I can tell you that even though I don't necessarily love the style of the NBA, I do really like Luka, and I've liked him for a long time, and he's one of the few guys in the league that when he's on and I happen to be catching a game, that I'll sit back and I'll watch it for a while. And so uh, I'm glad that it's him because I, I love Luca. I love his game. I love how he can take the game over, um, uh, you know, and, and do it in multiple phases of the game, right? Um, he's not just a pure scorer. Um, he can go up and he can get rebounds and he can distribute the ball too. And so he's a great all-around player. Uh, and I'm I'm really glad that he was the one that was able to get that triple double stat. 
Yeah, he's uh, he's like a walking triple double. He's putting up yeah. numbers, and and I've I've always said, you know, individually and statistically, I do think he'll put himself in the conversation as the greatest of all time. I mean, he's still very young. I, I think that's going to happen. The Mavs still disappoint as a team overall. I don't know. He's never going to enter the greatest of all time unless he starts, you know, get sniffing championships. But just based on ability individually, he will end up in that conversation, I think. And he just continues to do things that are just like unreal. And and the craziest thing about that, too, is Jokic is the back-to-back MVP, also young, and doing all these things as well. He doesn't quite get the fanfare, and I'm not sure why, even though he's the back-to-back MVP. And Joel Embiid maybe has better numbers than Luka this year. I mean, the... I, I think when the pandemic hit, this is when all of this really slapped me in the face as, like you, a very casual NBA fan at this stage of my life. I pay, I pay far more attention to college basketball now. Um, there is just an absurd amount of young talent across the NBA. I mean, ridiculous amounts of young talent across the NBA. And we sit here and we see this out of Luka. And it just is like, oh, my God, like that's the best player in the world. But you can have serious conversations about three or four other guys that could take that mantle. And they're all young, right? They're all really young. John Morant's probably in that conversation. Like there's a bunch of them, and you're just – you sit back. Jason Tatum's in that conversation. And it's like, whoa, like this is a golden era of the NBA. And the one thing that always plagued the NBA, and that was that it was too predictable in the Golden State years – is totally out the window. There's not anybody that knows who's going to win the NBA championship this year. And that's awesome. And, yeah, and it, good it for the it, league it, and, and will draw right. us back in, I think. It makes it it's so much more interesting to watch. And, you know, nothing against the stars of the game that we've known for the last 10, 15, 20 years. You're LeBrons and Kevin Durant's and, you know, guys like that. Nothing against them because we know how great they are and how they'll go down in NBA history as, you know, some of the greatest players of all time. Nothing against them whatsoever, but I love watching this new crop of NBA player come in, and you're right. It's going to draw people like me back into the game with guys like Luka and guys like Jokic and, um, you know, Joel Embiid and Jason Tatum, some of these younger guys that are, you know, Giannis is kind of in that conversation too. Um, you know, these guys that are coming in, Some of in some cases it's international flavor where they're coming in and they're, you know, playing great basketball. Basketball, um, and what is so remarkable about what Luca did last night? He's in rare company here. When you're looking at 50 point, 20 rebound triple doubles in NBA history, there are only four that it's ever happened in the history of the game. Of course, Luca last night it was done by Wilt Chamberlain twice in 1968 and 1963, and then Elgin Baylor in 1961. Those are the only games, the only players that have ever gone for 50 points and 20 rebounds and got triple doubles in a game. It's it's nuts, and and you know I who knows if these guys end up with LeBron and Durant and Steph over the you know over the career when you talk about wins and getting it to because that obviously is still important it's why Michael Jordan you know is holds the mantle that he holds it's um it's it's just really awesome to watch it and i worry that Luka will not get the opportunity but we saw this with Dirk Nowitzki in Dallas too 
Dirk was fantastic, never could, should have had two championships, finally got the one, and that did elevate him to his proper place, I think, in NBA history. I just don't want the same thing to happen to Luka in Dallas because I like the Mavs. That's the team you know that I watch and I like and, and everything else, but it, it just they need to do everything they can, and they try. They try to do everything they can to put a team around him, and I don't know either, like, yes, Luka's individually great, but is he, you know, the the killer winner that we've seen some of the all-time greats be. It's too early to tell anything like that. But just statistically, and what we watch, like he does things that we haven't seen before, and that's what some of the greats have all done, right? Like, And Jokic does that too, to some degree. But Jordan had a style that was unmatched. Kobe had a style that was unmatched. LeBron has a style that was unmatched to some degree since Magic Johnson. Luka has that too. Like, nobody does the same things, and that's awesome, too. Steph Curry had that, right? Nobody was doing the things Steph Curry was doing. So I think those kinds of things that put players into that conversation, he has that. Now he just has to win the games. And it took that sort of performance to barely beat the Knicks last night. So let's not, you know, get ahead of ourselves in, in like, I don't think the Mavs are winning a title this year. Hope they do, but it sure doesn't seem that way based on what we've seen this year. And I and, and look, and I'm the last person that should be, like, at this point, what are we, about 30 games into the season trying to decide who the best teams in the NBA are. Enough, are. I, I don't watch enough NBA basketball to, to try and give you a great take on that. I just know the Mavs aren't close to the best team in the league right now. But those kinds of performances, unreal. Glad we get to see them. 60 and 21, 60 and 21 and 10. Like, God, that is yeah. just – and – I, the the and the ending to regulation has to be a factor in there too, because that was that was stupid. Also, the missed intentionally missed free throw to try to get the rebound in a last second shot, but then get it yourself falling away from about fifteen feet. I mean, come on now, that's just ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean th- there are not a lot of superlatives out there to be able to describe that kind of performance, and um, you know the the fact that he was able to do that uh, and still kind of be the guy to get the Mavs to overtime. You know, again, putting the team on his back, missing that free throw, getting his own rebound, putting the shot up, making it, forcing OT. Um, You know, it played out in exactly the way that it needed to. Because, I mean, think of how different the conversation would be. And we probably wouldn't even be talking about it or leading off the show with it if he had had that kind of statistical performance and the Mavs had lost the game, right? That that might not have been quite, I mean, it would have been an impressive performance for sure, but probably not to the point of where we're talking about one of the greatest performances in NBA history if the Mavs had lost the game. They won uh, in overtime, and it was due large in part to Luka being able to have that game-tying shot at the end of regulation. But as far, going going back to the conversation about best teams in the NBA and you know what it takes to be the best team in the NBA, and this could be a conversation for another time. It definitely thinks I definitely think that we're we're kind of moving away a little bit from that that world of building the super team, right? The Golden State years yep. and that sort of thing. Really, it's about getting a young star and then building a great team of supporting players around him uh, to be able to complement him in the style that he plays. But in building a team like we like like the Warriors did a few years ago, I'm not sure that's the style to win a championship anymore. It, well, 
I think it's harder to do because there's just so much dadgum talent across the across the league right now that it gets you know it gets too difficult to to try to to try and do it like you know imagine trying to build a super team right now we saw it in Brooklyn didn't work uh, the Lakers haven't been able to do it because as when you get to the young talent now Golden State and I don't know they're they're real weird this year but Golden State looked like the favorite and and I think collecting that talent is still good I just think it's harder to do because it's there's too much young talent like there's too many good young players collectively to be able to do it and so when you have all that talent collectively then those super teams are going to have a harder time making it through. Remember some of the super teams we've watched and you know who they would play in the playoffs and you're like, "Okay, like this doesn't really get interesting till the conference championship maybe." Now, the last few years feel like the NBA playoffs, you're not safe at any point in those NBA yeah. playoffs. And that's awesome. And I I do think it's just because there are so many good young players, and that's a good thing too for the non-traditional teams to make it through because now building through the draft has become a, a real thing, right? Like the real contenders that we've seen in a lot of years, they're doing it through the draft. Um, maybe free agency occasionally, but most of these teams are doing it through the draft. So KU fans are interested in this too. Joel Embiid is actually averaging. He's leading the league in scoring. He's averaging just a hair over Luka. Luka's one of the league leaders in assists. Embiid, one of the league leaders in rebounds. Um, he's about three rebounds a game off the lead. Luca's about two assists a game, assist and a half off the lead. Um, it's going to be an interesting MVP race this year, and then Jokic eventually, by the end of it, he'll he'll probably play his way into because he's also like a walking triple double. But it'll be interesting to see how that goes this year because I don't think as great as we just I don't think Joel Embiid gets enough love for just how great he is as a center. When was the last time we saw a center as good as Joel Embiid? Tim Duncan? I mean, it's yeah, been... I was going to say Duncan. That's probably the last it, time. It's It's been a long time, and he's a little bit of a unicorn, too. There's some good bigs, but true offensive and defensive forces like he is. As a former Shaq, KU guy... Maybe? Shaq and, and Tim Duncan yeah, are probably the last two I, guys, Yeah, Duncan right? just played a little longer, so I, I do yeah. think he's the most recent. I mean, Anthony Davis hasn't been that for long enough he was that at times probably well, he can't stay healthy I mean that's that's a big part Neither of it too for Embiid. Davis I mean Embiid's had that same issue and bigs typically do but um yeah I mean he's so he's doing this unique thing I think it could get to be a really interesting MVP race this year if both of those guys sort of continue the paces that they're on now because at that point you're you're comparing apples to oranges and Philadelphia as a team has been better than Dallas um so Maybe that goes into it, but it sure doesn't feel like that Embiid is is being talked about the same way, even though I think he probably should be. And as we look back at all the KU players, Tommy, that have come through now in the Bill Self era, is Embiid the best as far as making the transition? Um, and I'm asking yeah. you that because I could easily yeah. forget about somebody in that. I'm not sure. as well-versed before, you know, like 2014. Yeah, um, I mean, Wiggins is up there, but I'm not sure that Wiggins has made quite the impact that, well, I know Wiggins has not made quite the impact that Joel Embiid has. 
I, I think it's going to come down. I mean, Wiggins has a, a ring, right? I mean, he won a ring with the Warriors, and Embiid has not won a ring. So I think that that's, that's part of it, too. Um, and I wonder, you know, when we're talking about these, the new crop of superstars, and I even put Embiid in that conversation of quote-unquote yeah. new crop. I think that's fair. He's a little bit older, but, you know, him and Luka and, and Jokic, and, you know, the, I wonder, out of those guys, who's going to be the first one to lead their team to a championship. And I know it's not just an individual sport, right? So the team around mm. him and all of that, uh, with the supporting cast, I, I think it's probably Embiid yeah, above everybody else, I think. Uh, but I want to see out of these, you know, the new crop of superstars in the NBA, who can lead their team to a championship first. Well, no offense to Giannis either, because he's the same age as Embiid and he got one. And, and he's yeah. an MVP, and he's put up numbers and belo- absolutely belongs in this conversation. Um, he's just been doing it longer, so it's not new for us to see Giannis, who's at you know 31 points. He's out-rebounding uh, Joel Embiid right now. He belongs in that conversation as well, and he has his. And um, I wonder, like, are we sleeping on Denver a little bit? Like, they've got a great record. Uh, they you do know, every they're... year. I think we're – and so does Philly. Yeah, Philly and Denver feel the same to me. Uh, Boston – Boston has been the closest. Boston has Tatum. Tatum's over 30 points a game. Yeah. He's he's in the conversation for sure, and he's he's significantly younger than those other guys. He's just 24. Um, so, I mean, it it's it's so crazy. I, I, I know there are Thunder fans that listen that are, like, screaming at us, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is only 24, and he's over 30 points a game. I don't think any of us saw that coming, or at least I didn't. I, I need to be watching more NBA if I could find the time, Tommy, because like the young talent is we're everywhere. Also, hey, we're also forgetting like Zion in New Orleans and there. I know. Uh, he hasn't know, been healthy enough I mean, to. Right, but but there there's a lot of talent out He's there. He's a game then, record, though. By the way, it is. You've got Booker. You've got right? like all these guys yeah. are all over the league, and it's so awesome. I love and it, by- and I and I just don't watch enough of it. By the way, uh, don't forget about the Brooklyn Nets, who have former KU guard Jacques Vaughn as their coach, and oh, they yeah. won nine in a row. Uh, and good for them. I, I don't. I mean, th- there's a lo- there's a lot of talent out there. There is. It's fun. It is a fun year. I don't watch enough of it. We we rarely talk about it this time of year, which is understandable um, because we have so much other stuff going on with the colleges and everything else that we're following in the middle of Chief season. We will. I mean, it, it comes because it does every year, sort of in the in the rotation of the show and the topics that are at the top, there will be a point late in the year. And it's usually about playoff time, which is perfect where we do sort of talk a little more about the NBA, but man, it's nuts. And we let a show with it. And it's the first time of the season. We've done that. Thank you, Luca for, uh, for getting us to that point. We're going to talk Liberty bowl football. We're going to try and track down Brian Haney. Be patient with us as you can understand his uh, level of busyness, but Jad will do that during the break. We'll get that at some point here. And we'll continue on Sports Daily. Oh, okay, take it easy. We're going on the air. This is Sports Daily on KFH. It's that time. Sports Daily getting all the inside information on the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go now to the voice of KU, Brian Haney. And welcome back, everybody, as we welcome in Brian Haney on a very busy Jayhawk game day. First bowl game game day in a long time, Brian. If you got a bail, 
uh, just let us know. We know it's busy out there. How's Beale Street? How's Memphis treating you guys so far? It's been fabulous, guys. It, it was amazing yesterday to see the Kansas turnout. And I'm fully aware that most Arkansas fans are driving in today They're about four and a half hours away in Fayetteville and about two hours and 15 minutes away in Little Rock. And so, especially with the, the water boil pipe break issues here in downtown Memphis, if I'm an Arkansas fan, I'm coming in today. Having said that, it was probably 10 to 1 Kansas fans on Beale Street yesterday. And when we had the battle of the bands, which I guess historically always ends in a tie because they don't want to break anybody's hearts, KU fans dominated. I mean, it was it was so much louder, as I said, 10 to 1 in terms of you know fan attendance. And it was just special to see the way this fan base, so starved for so long to have any kind of football success, now has been given it. And, and they are returning that favor to the football team by showing up in droves to support them. And so hopefully you guys enjoyed the Hawk Talk that we had from Beale Street last night at BP Kings. We had a bunch of Orange Bowl champions out there with us. Kerry Meyer, Mike Rivera, had Brandon McAnderson and Derek Fine as well. And uh, had some Hall of Fame Bowl team guys from the 81 squad with David Lawrence and his teammates as well. It was just a really, really special time to be together. And, uh, yeah, hopefully that carries over to today because – Man, the, the good vibes around this Kansas football program and the renewed confidence, optimism, excitement about the future. I mean, it, it kind of feels like 0708 again. And that obviously was, uh, you know, the golden era of this program's history. So, not saying this team is like the 12 and 1 Orange Bowl team, but you know what I'm saying. Back in that two year stretch, you, you had that, that pride that you, you walked with your head held high, your chest puffed out, and you felt like Kansas could win any given week. And that's kind of what we've seen come back very quickly here through Lance Leipold and the Jalen Daniels era at quarterback. And to see the, the Kansas fans really uh, you know walking proud and tall last night up and down Beale Street was something I didn't think I'd see for quite some time. And by golly, it's good to see it. Brian, we know that uh, Kansas has an opportunity to make a, a pretty significant statement here against a, a middle-of-the-road SEC team. As far as the game is concerned against Arkansas this afternoon, what are some things to be looking for? Um, maybe even on both sides of the ball. We, we know how dynamic the Kansas offense has been. Uh, the defense can be opportunistic at times, but what are, what are some things that you're looking for for this game today for Kansas to win? Well, stopping the run is probably the biggest key because not only do they have a, a tremendous running back in Rocket Sanders, but their quarterback is a, a really impressive dual threat option. And he's a load. He's 6'3", 242. So he's a tough one to bring down. He's got good speed on top of his size. And obviously he can sling it as well. He's seventh all-time in Arkansas history with 46 passing touchdowns and uh, top 10 in career passing yards too. But when those two get to running and rolling with the run game, uh, it's it's daunting for any defense. And we know this Kansas defense at times this year has struggled to stop the run. Sometimes open field tackling has not looked good. And I think the only thing I would say from a confidence standpoint is, you know, we've got guys back and healthier than they've been at any point since September and largely we're almost 100 percent you know in terms of roster continuity we're almost completely there up and down to two deep whereas as you know Arkansas has got a ton of guys out so their two biggest stars will be playing in Jefferson and Sanders 
but you know half their receiving core is missing. Their All-American center is missing. They've still got big guys in the trenches that play physical and and nasty and and you know four-star caliber guys on both the offensive and defensive lines that embody that SEC physical nature style. That's going to make this a tough matchup regardless. But they're also down a really good number of tremendous players, including their top two tacklers in the heart of their linebacking core, Drew Sanders and Bumper Poole. Yes, that's his name, Bumper Poole. Best best name I think I've, I've put on a spotting board since uh, Cookie Belcher was playing at Nebraska back in the day for basketball. But, uh, but yeah, both those guys are out. And uh, I think Kansas needs to, to capitalize on being the deeper, more complete, more whole team in this matchup. But but even having said that, you know, be prepared to see the Hogs at times running wild. Hopefully, Kansas is able to keep pace and, and get some stops and get off the field so this doesn't turn into a shootout. Yeah, I mean, I think Brian. Sometimes we can look at these things in simple terms, and in simple terms, it. I mean, the the big slap you in the face key is Kansas stopping the run to some degree, isn't it? Yeah, I think it, it absolutely is because it's what Arkansas does best. It's it's the closest thing, uh, you know, here in week 13 to what Arkansas was in the regular season because the rest of the roster is not close to what they were in the regular season. So in, in terms of, of, you know, forecasting game plans and scouting reports and all that, I mean, this, this is their bread and butter, and it's still – very much what they intend to do tonight. And they've got some capable receivers that have zero to two receptions all season that are now going to be thrust into more of a, a spotlight because of some of the guys that have opted out of this game. And I would just caution Kansas fans to, to not be, I guess, overly expectant or optimistic just based on the fact that a bunch of their receivers are out because some of the guys they're filling in are, are four-star talents that were you know, top 150 recruits and all that. And so they, they've still got capable guys they're just not proven guys however in the run game they're proven they are capable they are outstanding i think david lawrence was comparing uh last night rocket sanders to the tcu's running back miller obviously we face great ones with Bijan robinson and deuce vaughn all throughout the year but but this is a, a big time nfl talent we're going up against and, and uh kj is is the quarterback jefferson is as tough of a load to bring down from the quarterback position as we will have faced all year so yeah, that has to be the number one key. But know that it's not like they're completely incapable of throwing the ball with their receivers out. Because they've still got some pretty talented guys back there. And Matt Landers is, is certainly one of them as one of their top receivers that is still playing. So the Kansas secondary will still have a chance to, uh, to make its presence felt in this game as well. But I would expect Arkansas to lean run heavy because they do typically anyway. Um, but, but certainly from a personnel standpoint, it would behoove them to run even more. Brian, Sam Pittman was very complimentary of a lot of the offensive looks that Kansas has ran throughout the course of the season. Talk a little bit about what you think offensively the Jayhawks are going to need to show uh, to be able to have success uh, on that side of the football today. Well, I think that you'll see J.D. turned loose and uh, – he used the term, I'm ready to break out of this cage when I interviewed him on uh, Monday because I think he felt like his first game back, you know, they definitely were being super careful with the shoulder. They weren't running him much at all. They were calling plays to kind of protect him. And then second game back at K-State, we saw him running much, much more and it seemed more like the J.D. of old. But now 
you're even four more weeks removed from that. And it's not to say the shoulder injury is completely in the rearview mirror, but I mean, he's, he's pretty close to a hundred percent at this point. So he's ready to, to let it rip. And, and I think this Kansas offense as a whole, whether it's the receivers, whether it's, uh, you know, Devin Neal, and we've hearing great reports out of Ty Thomas and how he's looked the last couple of weeks as a backup running back uh, that, that maybe could show out in this game better than he has all season. You might recall he ran for 142 yards in Minnesota's bowl win over West Virginia last year. So maybe he's just a bowl guy. I don't know. But Lance Leipold, unsolicited, was singing his praises yesterday. So um, I think this entire Kansas offense is ready to turn it up a little bit. And I, I think uh, there could be some fireworks early in this game, similar to what you saw in the Insight Bowl, if you can remember back that far, with, with Todd Reason going over the top for a deep ball touchdown right out the gate. Uh, I, I think we could see Kansas you know, come out swinging it. So we'll see. But, uh, but Jalen in particular – is ready to, to be unleashed, so to speak, the way he phrased it. And uh, I can't wait to see what that looks like. I think obviously, you know, it's a cliche to say it, but it's true that offensive play callers, you know, whatever they have left in the tank, uh, you know, in terms of creativity, this is the week to use it, right? So it wouldn't surprise me to see Andy Kotelnicki armed with a new contract, by the way, and, and probably looking to pay some, some dividends back already with this big contract he just got uh, to, to have some creative wrinkles in there, but also knowing that he's able to do that because his team is as healthy and full as it's been since September. So why not go back to some of those razzle dazzle, you know, fun plays that we saw back then. So they're not going to you know look like a circus act out there or anything, but I, I think that you should expect to see some highlight reel type material. And, you know, to punctuate it even more, we, we were doing this you know, round table last night at BB Kings and, I had all the Orange Bowl champs give their predictions on the game, and Mike Rivera says 28-21 Kansas, and David Lawrence very respectively says, you know, uh, respectfully, I should say, says, you know, Mike, I, I, I like your prediction, but I think Kansas will have 28 at halftime. And, and everybody's like, whoa, you know, and, and that's not to disrespect the Arkansas defense, but th there's an air of confidence about this Kansas offense that, that has its quarterback back and, and uh, has, you know, the full complement of pieces around him that maybe they can go out and hang a big number. Question is, can the defense hold Arkansas to one point fewer? And this could turn into a shootout unless we see, you know, the Kansas defense really step up. And so, I don't know. I, I think it could be a game played in the upper 30s. We'll see. But uh, I'm excited to, to have a chance to call some of those plays. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I'm with you, Brian. And we just saw it too many times. Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks, with us here on the on the shootout type of a game. I never know, though, like what extra preparation means for this. And I think this is a real opportunity for – Lance Leipold to flex a little bit, right? With all the extra practice time, all the extra preparation time. I think sometimes we overlook how much X's and O's matter in this resurgence for KU. We always think about the players, and that's important too, but you know, so is the coaching. And the extra time for Lance Leipold, historically, I'm not sure what he's done in these spots, but what factor do you think that will play into this? It has to be some kind of factor. I agree, um, but it's it's hard to know just how much extra time they were pouring over uh, the scouting reports because the way he described it, they basically devoted two weeks of practice to getting ready for the bowl game and the bowl opponent, and the rest of the additional practices were just spent on developing young talent. And So did they put the game plan for Arkansas in place a little bit earlier than a normal week? Yes, 
but maybe only by three extra practices were, were solely on Arkansas. Now, that doesn't mean that the coaching staff wasn't pouring over the hogs on Sunday night of the bowl announcements. They absolutely were. So, so maybe even though, you know, there wasn't a ton of additional practice time spent on it in terms of uh, understanding the opponents and their tendencies from a coaching staff perspective, I'm sure they did. But also keep in mind, you had National Signing Day in that stretch, and they were burning the midnight oil working on that recruiting class too. And so I think, Jacob, it's, it's an obvious factor uh, that, that they should have had additional time, and I'm sure capitalized on that as a staff. But the way Lance describes the way they, they handled it with the team, it, it's not like they spent a month working on Arkansas. Does that make sense? So I, I think uh, you should see a Kansas team that's very familiar with, with what to do with the opponent, maybe more so than a typical game, but not dramatically more so. What, let's uh, real quick, because we may not get you uh, before, I don't think we will, before we obviously before we start talking about basketball. Um how, what what have you gathered from the fans? I know everybody's focused on the Liberty Bowl. Are they also focused on the start of conference basketball? I love asking this question because it's so unique to the last few years. Is, are we taking yeah, a pause yeah. for the buzz to basketball, or is it you know business as usual? Yeah, I think that's a that's a great way of phrasing it. I think they're taking a pause now. I've been in Memphis since Christmas Day, so. I'm not around Lawrence or anything, but every fan I talk to is fired up about tonight. And it helps that, you know, you got a, a nine day stretch between games here on the hoop side. And we've only played, you know, if, if you toss out December 1st, we will have just played four games the entire rest of the month. And so basketball hasn't been quite as much on the brain. Now, Bill Self's birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, coach, belated. Uh, but other than that, I, I think that uh, everybody's pre-dialed in on this bowl game tonight. Then you'll turn the page and, and head back to basketball uh, coming up on New Year's Eve. But it, it's definitely a rare feeling in the month of December where there's as much or more focus on football than there has been hoops. But uh, at the same time, we got a number four ranked basketball team that is about to try to defend its Big 12 crown and national title as well. And, boy, the way they looked – couple of Saturdays ago you know versus Indiana at home was so impressive they looked like they could beat anybody in the country and a lot of national pundits were tweeting as much during that game that this Kansas team looks like they could run it back and so it's nice to to put all our eggs in the focus basket of football tonight but then unwrap a additional present under the tree one more to go with this basketball team once the football season is done because they're rounding into very special form and i think over the next three months of reports here on kfh we're going to talk about that club having a chance to to be one of you know the better ones bill self's had if they keep ascending like they have been and that doesn't mean you make the final four it doesn't mean you win at all but man they look like they've got the pieces to do that if if you get a little bit more consistency in the five spot. And, and I think there's reason to believe that that's going to come. But right now you, you love everything else they've done. You love the way, you know, Jalen Wilson has accepted the superstar all American type role. Grady Dick has been better than advertised. And that's saying something because his hype was pretty huge coming in. And you might have the most complete true point guard in America running the show and so there's, there's a ton to like about that team and a ton of reasons to think that they can absolutely win 30 games and be a one seed and be right there in the mix for uh, for winning the whole thing so pretty good time to be a Jayhawk fan when you've got those types of, of cheering options and uh, it's fun to get to talk it with you guys each and every Wednesday right here on KFH. All right Brian Haney will enjoy it enjoy these last uh, uh, few 
hours, I suppose it is now at this point, before we get into the game. You guys have, uh, you'll hear it on KFH. I know you're excited about it. I know the fan base is excited about it, so enjoy it. Happy for everybody at KU, and we'll talk again next week and take a look back. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, it's it's been great, but uh, tonight's going to be the cherry on top of a good week down here. I have missed my mattress back home with the Mattress Hub, the, the great uh, purple mattress I got from them. I'm mostly missing being able to shower. Uh, we, we had the water boil issues you may have heard about, and so we've been showering in Dasani and Aquafina, which uh, probably doesn't have me smelling the best, but hopefully we'll sound okay. But I do miss my bed, too, and, and you can get a bed that you miss anytime you travel because it's that great when you're at home by checking out our friends at The Mattress Hub. Ryan Beatty and company do such a great job. Check them out today at The Mattress Hub website, themattresshub.com, and uh, Serta, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, they got them all. Guys, thanks so much. Have a great day, and Happy New Year to you. All right, there goes Brian Haney. Brian, appreciate it. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, finish up hour number one as we roll through a Wednesday on Sports Daily. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Tommy, whenever we go to this era of music with the kids, it's Rocky Roll. When they were young, I'd, I was like, all right, guys, let's listen to some, to some rock and roll. And, and uh, well, they didn't understand, so they've called it Rocky Roll. So now that's just what we call it. And now, but that's one of those where you're like, yep, that's what we're calling it forever now. It's now Rocky Roll. Um, it was funny, our... Our oldest, when she was much, much younger, I think she was in preschool at the time. She may have even been any younger when we started to learn about Rocky Roll, which they're totally into and love. I was like, all right, guys, here's how you throw the goat. And I was trying to show them, but then it like dawned on me. I was like, oh, no, we go to Catholic school. Like, I, that can't ever come up. So we changed it. We had, to, we had to relearn that. So it's the peace sign to Rocky Roll. It's not the goat to nice. rock and roll. Uh, which I know is making Jad cringe there, but you know, Jad, sometimes you got to make adjustments a little bit. Uh, 
it's fun. I, I, anytime I hear this stuff, that's all I think about is my kids are into it though. They like yeah. it. They like. The are old, we talking? The old rock are we talking like classic rock, like this, like seventies, yeah. eighties? Yeah, We're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. like. Uh, it can know. go forward. It can go forward. Anytime, okay. you know. Anytime you've got the tradi- basically anytime you got the traditional three piece band, right? Lead, rhythm, or four piece. I mean, lead, rhythm, bass, and drums. Like it, you know, rock and roll. Like just real. Whatever, like our intro song, Jet, like that would yeah. be rock and roll or, or Rocky roll. Anything that has that feel to it qualifies for them. All right. I like I that. It. And that's fair. That's fair. And I, I just didn't know if we're talking like strictly classic rock or if you're going into like no, the no. world of, you know, anything pop punk, you know, Blink 182, Green if Day. If it's got a good, if it's okay. got a good feel to it. I mean, it's a very general like it all qualifies so let's not overthink it kind of a this is this is not rap or country or anything like this rock and roll like whatever like whatever you want to call it it's not R&B or or smooth jazz like it's it's just rock and roll um uh, they're super into it i like it uh it's it's good stuff and we always appreciate jad mixing it up with us uh it's it's always fun so brian talked a little bit there about KU and we'll continue that into the next segment because I want to talk on these betting lines a little bit. Shocker fans, we've got the start of Wichita State basketball in the conference tonight. Uh, any updates on Craig Porter, we'll go through that. We'll talk about the lines uh, because this is my last day of the week uh, before I take a little trip. So I do want to look at these lines for both KU and K-State and see if we can't dissect that just a little bit. But we'll do all of that in the second hour. Take your calls, 869-1240. It's Sports Daily. With all Brockton Caster coming back at you here at uh, at ten o'clock after the break. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.